It's the JT the Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car on the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Bird. All right, JT back with you. Hour number two of the show. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. Also, I'm going to get into the quarterbacks a little bit more at length there. I think the quarterbacks are getting punished on sports radio this week. And especially these debate shows. This hour is brought to you by our great friends at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. Head on into Virgin's. Go, go to One Steak if you can. My buddy John O'Donnell is at the bar. He's one of the most famous bartenders in the history of Vegas. Everyone from Vince Neal to George Clooney to Rod Stewart used to come and sit down with him at Nine Steakhouse. He brought that clientele over to One inside Virgin. If you sit down with JOD, at the bar, you'll have an experience of a lifetime. Take it from me. I'll be over there this weekend. Tonight, I'm excited. I'll be emceeing an event uh, for the Raiders over at Allegiant Stadium uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. with Fred Bolitnikoff, the Hall of Famer. How cool is that? Uh, Fred Bolitnikoff is in town, and we're going to have a nice conversation and a chalk talk a little bit later on tonight. So I'll shave, put the suit on, uh, have an opportunity to talk to one of the greats of all time a little bit later on tonight. And then I'm going to catch some food with Fred. We're going to go out to dinner with the wives and talk about everything other than football. So I got a pretty good night ahead of me. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor uh, wrote a great column today on the cover of the Las Vegas Review Journal, sorting out who will stay and who will leave for the Raiders. I already did that at the top of the hour. We got one phone call from one Raider fan who had one opinion on this. I was expecting a little bit more from you, Raider Nation, on what player that you think is the most controversial player that they have to make a decision on. Josh Jacobs is not controversial. He stays. You can franchise tag him. But what about some of these other players? Rocky Asin, Denzel Perryman. You go around the league, you talk about other players who might be better than those guys. Overall, who do you keep? Who do you say goodbye to? I think there's going to be a lot of other guys that will let go. But what do you do with Amir Abdullah? What do you do with Jermaine Illuminor? What do you do with Andrew Billings, a defensive tackle? What do you do with Foster Moreau? Do you pay Foster Moreau starting tight end money if he's not a starting tight end? How is Darren Waller ever going to the bench again? I mean, why would Darren Waller come out of a game on first, second, or third down? I don't know. Maybe you take Darren Waller out of the game for a breather, but I wouldn't take Darren Waller out of a football game the rest of his life with the Raiders. The guy wasn't available last year, okay? He had real injury. He's got to be ready to play more. He's got to play more snaps than he's ever played in his life next season for the silver and black so what does that mean about foster moreau how much money do you have to pay him and some of the other players deron Harmon, i think you bring him back and jared stidham you know we haven't heard a lot of jared stidham talk on the show if you want to see him start let it be known i think that he can start i really do i think if if the raiders draft a quarterback at number seven overall say cj stroud becomes available for whatever reason or the raiders are at number seven And they want to move up to get Stroud at number five. Let's just throw that out there. Well, Stroud's not going to start the first game of the year. Jared Stidham would. You'd have Stidham and then you'd groom uh, Stroud and you'd have your quarterback of the future, potentially. I don't know. I think you have to have him on the roster. Could Jared Stidham end up somewhere else? 
Where could he be? The Raiders should have a good idea early in free agency of what their quarterback situation looks like. And Stidham could figure in anywhere from being the 2023 starter to a valuable backup. Vinny Bonsignor writes he could come in around $5 million per season, though it might be a situation in which the Raiders let him test the market to see if there's any starting opportunities and more money for him. I would think there'd be a good starting opportunity for Jared Stidham with all these quarterbacks, especially if Tom Brady retires and Aaron Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay. There is news on Aaron Rodgers. He was once again on with Pat McAfee. Man, this guy's a beauty. He was asked by Pat McAfee how much of the $60 million he's owed in 2023 will factor into his decision on returning. Rodgers says the contract would have to be tweaked if he's back. Quote, definitely things would have to shift. There would have to be some adjustments for sure. Now, some don't know if that means that he'll take a little bit of a pay cut on that. Well, no, it's going to affect the cap, and that's a big decision. Mike Garofolo said at first he sounded like the pay cut was possible, but by the time he finished the answer, he was talking about the salary cap implications and pushing cap hits into the future. So I find this fascinating that the Jets want him. Look, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, made it clear. Okay, the owner of the Jets, several reports are saying, Woody Johnson will pay a trade two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers and pay the salary. Whoa. How desperate are the Jets? Now, I think that the Jets are a good spot for Derek Cardaland. Boomer Esiason disagrees. Uh, Derek, from time to time, I think gets a little bit annoyed with the media in Oakland and in Las Vegas. Imagine if he was in New York. I think Derek could handle it well because he's good in front of a microphone. But, man, the New York media is much tougher than the gang that goes into that Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, including me, including me, working for the team. You know, we don't, we don't ask Derek, you know, life or death questions here in New York. Oh, good luck with that. Imagine the New York media with Derek Carr every day. I think it's a good fit. They become a Derek Carr with the Jets would be really good. If Derek Carr goes to Indianapolis, Indianapolis isn't going to win in the short term. If he goes to the Jets with the talent that the Jets have on both sides of the ball. But why would the Jets bail on their second string, uh, on their second overall pick a quarterback? They just drafted Zach Wilson, number two overall. I wouldn't throw in the towel on him. You got to bring him back. You got to get something for him. You just can't throw him to the Wolves and throw him out. I think he's too good of a player. So Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of rumbling of him today. And sure, the Raiders could get him. But the Raiders, if they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, would have to give up something big in return. And this trade chatter, he'll decide what he wants to do. So pro football talk. I guess I didn't hear this Pat McAfee interview, but it just ended a little while ago. A lot of people are tweeting and writing about what Aaron Rodgers had to say today. Uh, Let me get to Aaron Rodgers with Mike Florio. He writes, the prospect of the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers has been bandied about since the team offseason began with their loss to the Lions. Part of that was due to comments Rodgers made on Pat McAfee's show and other reports added to the momentum over the weekend, but Rodgers has not made any announcements about his plans for 2023 at this point. He referenced that during this week's appearance on McAfee's show by saying any trade chatter is all conjecture until he decides what he wants to do for the future. I think we all know that no human being that I know of in any business, the movies, I don't, I don't care if you're the top-paid movie star in the world. What do you get, $20 million a movie? That'd be like three blockbusters in a row. 
other than Tom Cruise, who makes that type of money, Aaron Rodgers is not walking away, everybody, from $60 million. We all agree on that? Aaron Rodgers is not walking away from $60 million. So what could happen, the Packers' point of view will also fall into conjecture, into the category until Rodgers makes his plans known. And he didn't sound like he was on the verge of making any announcements earlier today to Pat McAfee. And I'd say it to his face if he was here, because he might end up being a Raider. I don't know. But this guy, Aaron Rodgers, got brass balls. He's got brass balls. He's under contract for $60 million, and he's telling his bosses, I'll wait to tell you when I'm ready to come back. Can you believe that? I mean, I could see if the guy was making $9 million, and he thought he was underpaid, saying, hey, I might walk away. Making $60 million. The other breaking news today, according to Mike Reese over in Boston, Bill O'Brien will return to New England after agreeing today to become the next offensive coordinator. That's a great move. Bill O'Brien's a hell of a football coach. He was a good head coach. Look at the Texans with Bill O'Brien and how many times they went to the playoffs. He spent the last two seasons as the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban at Alabama, and now he's back to where his coaching career began. That was in 2007 as an assistant. As you know, he was at Penn State, also the Houston Texans, He's a Massachusetts native. He will be in charge of improving a Patriots offense that dipped notably in some key areas, red zone efficiency. They went from 11th to 32nd in the league. Third down efficiency, New England went from 10th to 27th. Sacks allowed 8th to 19th. And touchdowns scored 48 to 31. Belichick did not name an official offensive coordinator for the Patriots last season after Josh McDaniels left. They didn't go in any direction there. So that's something. This is a major upgrade for the New England Patriots, everybody. Bill O'Brien's a hell of a coach and an offensive play caller, and he'll get that team back to where they need to be on the offensive side. 888-623-3646. All right, we got him from the NFL on Fox. Chris Myers about to join us, and what a year he had as a play-by-play voice on the NFL on Fox as Fox will have the Super Bowl this year. Chris, thanks a lot for joining us. I appreciate it. I want to begin with what jumped out at you for these divisional playoffs, the Buffalo bad loss at home. What about Dak Prescott's performance in Santa Clara in the Cowboys' loss? Yeah, I thought uh, Dak Prescott, it wasn't all him. You know, he I, he overachieved maybe the best game of his career in that, in that win over the Buccaneers to advance and then fell back in a little bit. The Pollard injury hurt. I, I, again, I, I thought their defense played pretty well I, I i just think their offensive game plan wasn't very good i wouldn't have punted the ball back to san francisco given that the, the defense couldn't really stop the run game or the amount of time that was late in the game but it was out of hand uh, 49ers are the better team i i was really disappointed in in, in buffalo not making certain adjustments against the bengals uh, cincinnati had an excellent defensive game plan they they adjusted well uh, there really was no excuse for, for the bills they had the emotion of DeMar Hamlin's healthy return to this point, being at home in the snow, they were positioned for, for a Super Bowl run, and, and uh, they didn't play well. I know they had some injuries, but, but most teams, the Bengals went through their share of injuries on the offensive line as well and had held up. And I think you got the two best quarterbacks in all of football, in, in Mahomes and, and Burrow, deciding the, uh, the AFC. And, and I've been impressed with, with the 49ers and, of course, the Eagles all all season long, so it's it's really not a surprise that these are the uh, the four teams. I thought Buffalo would be there. I, I really did it yeah, at the beginning that. of the year, 
they were my Super Bowl pick. And so I, I think their defensive coaching needs needs to be shaken up a little bit and, and can get control of that offense. They, they don't have a running game when they need it. Cincinnati had that with, with Mixon. That was a big difference in the game, too. Chris Myers joins us. Chris, with Jim Kelly getting the four Super Bowls, and he's a future Hall of Famer at the time, one of the best players in the league, I really think Josh Allen is similar. Way ahead, Jim Kelly was more famous and more well-recognized coming out of college than even Josh Allen at Wyoming, but Josh Allen's had a hell of a run here over the last three seasons or so. And look, he can't play perfect in every game, and the same could be said about Dak, but I just think Josh Allen takes too many big chances on like third and five, third and six, you see these 30-yard incompletions and he's throwing deep bombs and all that. I think they need someone to get him under control in a shorter passing game or with him running the ball because that's the one thing I thought he would be able to do in a snow a game like that. Just tuck it and run as his receivers like Diggs were running go routes and there'd be opportunity for him to do that. And he just seemed like he was hesitating at home. Yeah, and I, and I think some of that's Ken Dorsey and the play call. I remember Brian Dable was there mm-hmm. and Dorsey was under him, and it was an excellent combo when he made progress early. He had the big arm, but he couldn't throw the deep ball. And, and I agree with you, and I, I thought that, you know, him running the football because they don't have that thumper kind of running back, that that's an effective way to go. Even Burrow made some impressive runs to just get first downs and throw the defense off. And, and I don't know if he wasn't entirely healthy or why they didn't call for more of that, especially in those conditions, since he, I totally agree, a gambling long when they didn't need to. Just a, just a bad offensive game plan to give Cincinnati's defense a little credit. On the other side, that was one of the more effective things that Dak Prescott did was running more. But I, I think we all have to accept that just because you play for the Cowboys, that doesn't make you a great quarterback. Dak Prescott's been a good quarterback. He's better than average, but but he's not in that upper category. Uh, and and I, I think we just again we have to accept that. And some of their the scheming with what they had to work with and the 49ers secondary, the vulnerable area of that defense, uh, they 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 weren't able to attack. I mean, they needed to put up more points. Their defense did enough to to win. So I, I would blame a little bit of Dak, but a little bit of the offensive coaching as well on the part of the Cowboys. Chris Myers joins us from the NFL on Fox. So Chris, tell us a story or take us back with Joe Burrow when he came into the league from LSU, that literally perfect season that we saw. Then he comes into Cincinnati. Most players won out of Cincinnati. They go to Cincinnati because they have no choice. They're drafted. Then they're not going to agree with a rookie extension. They don't want to be there long term. It's just the opposite with him. Calling his games in the past or seeing him live, what makes him so special and give him a chance to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, and he went through, remember, the, the terrible injury, uh, which was, which mm-hmm, was sure. devastating and was able to bounce back, and, and he seems like he's really running and comfortable. Maybe that was a little bit of a hindrance uh, through last year, the end of last year, even the Super Bowl. To make a good point about you know his Ohio roots, I think he really embraced uh, playing in the NFL in Ohio, even though he was uh, an LSU star. And, and, I, and I give the organization credit when they had a chance to draft an offensive lineman last year first, and they were criticized by some. They tried to add there, but they went out and, and got you know Jamar Chase because of the connection, not just from their college years, but with T. Higgins and ha- ha- having more. And this was something that Zach Taylor said: with a quarterback like Burrow, you, you got to have more than just one receiver, so they can't take him away. And and that really began the the march that, that took him to the Super Bowl. But uh, the few times I'd been around Burrow, at least in in the NFL, he he has this kind of. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a Joe Montana cool about him, but he moves in the pocket so well like a young Aaron Rodgers to set up 
uh, to throw, and he certainly has the, the arm and the accuracy, which is always one of the highest-rated things. Troy Aikman always said, go with accuracy over just arm strength. And I, and I like it's kind of a cocky without being rude kind of kind of approach, and I think he's shown that with, with his fans. So he's embraced the situation, and it's amazing how it's changed things, and, and their magic against uh, Kansas City, <laughs> at least so far, uh, will be a fun thing to watch. But they do, you know, mixing they're running the ball a little bit better, and, and I, I, I like their, their game plan, the way that they've approached things uh, since he's come along and, and is healthier. And I, I like their chances against Kansas City, even though, and again, how healthy Mahomes is uh, will affect things. We know he's going to play, and we know he can still throw the ball from anywhere, uh, but it certainly hurts him to not have the running ability in a game like this with, uh, with the Bengals and Burrow. Uh, Chris, one thing that fascinates me going forward, and we mentioned Purdy, the ball's coming out so quickly. Kyle Shanahan's giving him multiple options on every play. And the receivers get real quick separation. Debo's impossible to figure out. He lines up in the backfield. He lines up in the slot. So unless you double him and you call in a defense like Dan Quinn or someone really good and say, there's Debo, let's double him. And then Ayuk runs these underneath slants and Kittle goes over the top. And then McCaffrey, all of a sudden, as you know, he pops out of the backfield and he's running downhill with pace when he catches the ball. He's a great receiver on top of being a runner. My point is, if Purdy doesn't have a bag pass rush coming at him, he just makes a quick decision, and those guys take over. Yes, and he, he doesn't turn the ball over, as one 49er official told me when I was with the team towards the end of the year, and they were Garoppolo fans, but they just said that Purdy, even though he's a rookie, he, he takes away that edge-of-your-seat moment throw that sometimes Garoppolo would make that would be a turnover in certain games, and the defense would have to bail him out. And I Look, McCaffrey, you mentioned him as a receiver. I've watched this. You know, usually line, there's no linebackers that can cover him. They line him out there. they got to use a defensive back on him. And it's not just what they have to work with. And you mentioned the names. It's who's getting the football. I mean, is it, is it Debo Samuel? Is it, is it McCaffrey? Um, is it, you know, they'll, they'll even work use check-in. I know he's a fullback who blocks, but he could catch and run. Kittle, obviously, the, not only a receiver but a blocker. Sometimes they work him hand him off to, to run the, the, the football as well. And they don't throw it downfield as much. I think that's maybe the one thing they don't have that, that downfield star receiver. Ayuk has become, he had a thousand, his first thousand yard season. So he can become uh, that guy, Jawan Jennings, they call him third and Jawan because he's the clutch guy to go to and just quietly kind of works it in. So it's, it's really a case of the defense, as you pointed out, who, who's going to, going to get the ball at what point and where. And, and uh, I think they've done a terrific job. It's a very good offensive line. And I, I think, and I've seen the Eagles, too, as their defense, but the 49ers and the numbers bear it out. The most important stat is, is points given up. And, and they're number one in that department for a reason. I, I think they're the, uh, the best defense in, in football, so I would expect this to be a, a low-scoring game. But I do think Brock Purdy is, is really the, mm-hmm. the perfect fit for a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. He, he doesn't want a guy that's going to go off and do his own thing. He wants a guy that will listen and protect right. the football and that he can coach constantly. I mean, and, and that, uh, Purdy is a smart young man who wants to be coached, who certainly will respond. He's in his kittle, and McCaffrey kind of taking him under his wing. It's a really, it was a fortunate fit for them. I mean, even Kyle said, we weren't looking to draft a guy in the seventh round. All of a sudden, scouting department said, let's take this guy, and I was impressed in training camp, but had no idea that he'd be able to be this good this fast. Uh, last one for the great Chris Myers. Chris, that's a great segue. You mentioned Kyle Shanahan. I thought you were talking about Josh McDaniels, the same type of coach, one someone who can run his offense at the highest level, and he had Brady doing it. 
It didn't right. look like it was good enough from Carr. Let me throw out these three quarterbacks and get your opinion on where they end up. Tom Brady, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers. Do you have an opinion on who stays home, retirement with Brady, where Carr can end up, where <laughs> it looks like six or seven teams would benefit from Derek Carr, either in a trade or waiting for him to become a free agent? Yeah, no, and I, I could see a Derek Carr in Tampa if Brady mm-hmm. leaves, which I think if, I think it's – only Brady knows for sure, and he has some words again. He hasn't made his mind up. I think he wants to play again. I think he's healthy enough in the right situation. Believe it or not, the Raiders or the Jets are a place I could see Brady going if he does decide to, to play another year. Uh, you're right. There's seven – boy, there's a bunch of teams that really need quarterbacks. Uh, Carr could, could, also go to the, could also go to the Jets, I, I, I think, with a running game and, and good defense. Who was the other quarterback you mentioned? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Well, he, he yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he, that drama continues. He's going to stay in Green Bay. And that, you know what, I really think, and this is just my opinion, but having been around the Broncos and, and with Nathaniel Hackett, I, I really felt that different ownership then, they thought when they hired Hackett that they were going to get, if they remember that window, there was the Aaron Rodgers drama with the contract, and he wanted whatever, and he was going to go and hack it. They're close, and I think they really thought they were going to get be able to trade for Rodgers and, and get Hackett as kind of a package in Denver. When that didn't work out, then there was the panic move to to go for Russell Wilson. And and, and, that, and your question about the quarterbacks too, JT, it relates to where, who's going to land in these open coaching spots, and, and yes. I think that may have something to do with how quarterbacks are drafted. Uh, or, or where Brady might go, and, and certainly Sean Payton is a hot name out there and, and has handled uh, a, a shorter, the, the, the diminutive quarterback like Drew Brees, so that's where an Aaron Rodgers or a Kyler Murray might fit if he ends up taking that job. But, yeah, I think Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I think Brady plays again. Uh, who knows where I gave you the, the top two, at least, that I think mm-hmm. in, in, on my, in my list. And, um, you know, and I, I think Derek Carr will have a starting job somewhere, and I think, you know, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance will end up battling for a – and you put Garoppolo. He'll get a starting job, yeah. at least an opportunity. But but the San Francisco situation, he may back up in the in the Super Bowl if he's healthy enough, but otherwise it's a pretty Lance decision uh, to, to kind of win that starting job next year. All right, what's on the gram? What are the non-sports shows that you're watching? <laughs> we always we always end on that point. What should I be watching that you're binge-watching? Well, you've re- you've recommended some good things in the past, which I appreciate. I'm, I'm on the you know the Tom Clancy. I read, I, I watched the uh, Krasinski playing the uh, the Jack yes. Ryan, right? And I those are actually, yeah, the first one was really good. The next two, and then I just kind of flip it around. The Anatomy of a Scandal. It's kind of a British. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a I think it's six or seven episodes, one season. But there's there's it's a romantic affair type thing, but it also involves a po- some political intrigue. And, and there's some twists in that. So that, that's where that Anatomy of a Scandal, I believe that's on Netflix. But that, that's one of the latest in between NFL and getting ready for NASCAR that I've been checking out that have been entertaining. With Fox having the Super Bowl, I hope to see you. I'm sure I will in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tempe, or in Glendale. I always appreciate you. Always thrilled when you come on with me. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you're, we're always a regular on Radio Row and Super Bowls. You don't miss that. So I look forward to talking to you. And enjoy the rest of the postseason, JT. Thanks, Chris. And Chris is a regular on Radio Row. We will have him, Q and I, and Q and I are going to be doing a lot of work together from Radio Row, and I'm sure Vinny's going to be out there and the rest of the team as we get ready for a road trip coming up to Scottsdale where my son goes to college in Tempe at ASU. Going to see my son during Super Bowl week. I'm going to go to Waste Management, see one of the greatest golf tournaments for fun in the world the same week in a Super Bowl. I'll also be going to Mike Ditka and Rod Jaworski's The Ditka Jaws Cigar Party, which is always a mainstay party there. 
during the Super Bowl, and we'll have the Super Bowl here next year, and I can't even imagine what it's going to look like. Uh, that interview was brought to you by our friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin's got so much going on. What a year to be partnering with them. We'll have a one-minute Super Bowl commercial. One-minute Super Bowl commercial by our partner, Remy Martin, at the Super Bowl. When we come back, I think the quarterbacks are getting a little bit more heat than I'm accustomed to. We'll go through some of the quarterbacks that are getting hammered on cable television and sports talk radio, and do they all deserve it? Where do you stand on what you want to do next year? I mean, it's a little raw right now. You know, it's just a little bit after the game. So I want to take the emotion out of it and have the conversations and see where the organization's at and see how I feel after some time has passed. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. JT with you as we continue on here. We're dealing with the scrutiny of the NFL quarterback. If you missed earlier in the show, I mentioned it with the Cowboys. I want to mention it later on in the show here because I'm fascinated by this. The scrutiny of the NFL quarterback at all times, but especially what we've seen in the playoffs and what the Dallas Cowboys are currently doing. What they're doing right now to Dak Prescott is unprecedented. Now, let me take you behind the scenes here. Raiders.com has in-house writers, people that work on the digital side. Eddie Pascal comes on the show, a lot of good podcasts. Levi Edwards, one of our insiders, and they write content. And they put out content, like I do. We do Raiders Roundtable. My interviews that I take from this show go to Raiders.com. And that is the team's website. There's certain rules, right? We treat the players in-house at Raiders.com differently than the bloggers do, other people, enemies of the Raider Nation. You understand all that. But the in-house people behind the scenes, normally there's rules. And there's things you do that are right, not wrong. So there's an editor, someone will review it, and then ultimately the boss in that department is responsible for the content that goes out. So you can read that inside Raider Nation. So after Dak loses that game and he played poorly, the Cowboys put out at the Dallas Cowboys website and on their own Twitter feed at Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in an arrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. That's the column at DallasCowboys.com. I can tell you honestly that I've never seen anything like this in my life. Never seen anything close to this in my life. It was written by Patrick Walker, who's a staff writer for the Dallas Cowboys. And again, for him to write, Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. I'm kind of impressed by this, that they have the freedom, but I'm I'm, I'm more shocked by this, that they can pull this off. And I read the column and I read it twice, but I'm trying to bring you more to the Twitter feed about what this says about Jerry Jones and his quarterback going forward. To me, what I'm fascinated the most about is the way that we're crushing these quarterbacks constantly. And that's part of the job. We've been dealing with it with Derek Carr for nine years. Uh, We've been dealing with it the last couple of weeks with Derek Carr on the Raiders' Facebook page or the Raiders' Twitter feed, or I'm dealing with it at a much smaller level. I'll tweet out something during a divisional game about Trevor Lawrence or someone else, and in my mentions, someone will say something about Derek Carr. 
I didn't tweet anything about Derek Carr. I host a national radio show on top of this. I'm not talking Raiders 24-7 on a Sunday with my buddies watching the game and hanging out with my dad in Naples, Florida, and people are coming back into my mentions when I'm saying something about another quarterback, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, and they bring it back to Derek Carr. The reason is these quarterbacks are polarizing. They move the needle. That's who we talk about the most. We don't talk about the left guard. We don't talk about the punter. We don't talk about the outside linebacker at the level that we talk about the quarterback. And we're seeing that more and more. You know, I, do the, I, do, I think we do a pretty good job. I do it on my podcast with Tom Looney every week uh, during football season. We take a look at the quarterback rating. So I think we do a pretty good job evaluating the quarterback every week. On this platform, it's mostly Derek Carr. It was Jar- Jared Stidham at the end of the season here, the last two games, which I thought he played really well. He played well against the 49ers, not as good against Kansas City. He went 0-2 in those games. And you didn't hear the criticism for Stidham that you did for Derek Carr or some of the other quarterbacks out there. So as we look today, let's talk about some of the quarterbacks that are getting tremendous heat. No one more than Dak Prescott, I think deservedly so. His two interceptions against Brock Purdy's 49ers was the reason that they lost the game. So this is a massive story in Dallas, which quite frankly is a 10 times better and bigger media market than Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. I don't want to live in Dallas covering the Cowboys, but they have more writers. They have more insiders. Quite frankly, they have more educated writers and insiders because they've been covering the Cowboys, America's team in that media market, for 50 years, and Las Vegas is brand new at this. Not that there's not very good insiders here in Vegas, but not at the level of the Dallas Cowboys. So Dak is getting humiliated in-house, by their social media team with what they're putting out there, which is incredible to me. I talked about this last night on the show. A Dallas fan called in and said, this happens all the time there. They do it on the local news. They got a local newscaster out there that obliterates the team every Sunday night when they lose. And that's just the way of the land there. Let's go to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is getting scrutinized this morning. I watched NFL this morning with my first cup of coffee, starting off the day prepping for the show. Because Green Bay is sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. They don't want to go through this again. Aaron Rodgers is under contract. Do we all forget? Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid quarterback of all time during the season. Okay, not the length of the contract, but all time. When you go for one season coming up here, he, he's paid well over $50 million this year. So if he gets traded, the team's got to pick up that money because he's not going to take a pay cut, and that team is going to have to give up a first-round pick or two. Imagine if you could trade Derek Carr straight up for Aaron Rodgers. I think that would be an option, but it's not straight up. Even Derek Carr, who's much younger and might have more upside than Aaron Rodgers, over the next five years, you still have to give up draft equity or something or a player to go get Aaron Rodgers. So two of the biggest quarterbacks. And that brings us back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's being scrutinized because of his age. He's 45 years old. Even though he put up tremendous numbers for himself when it comes to completion percentage, touchdowns 25 to 9, Brady had a very good year. There was a bunch of bad throws. Okay, I'll, I'll move to Josh Allen. Josh Allen in Buffalo today is getting a lot of heat along with the head coach, Sean McDermott. Josh Allen has been playing more and more reckless. He likes to run a lot. And he didn't have an answer for the Cincinnati Bengals' defense at home in the snow. Well, I keep reminding everybody, Josh Allen's been through a lot. I've seen him cry at press conferences because of DeMar Hamlin. Can you imagine what this guy's gone through this year? 
what Josh Allen's doing as the captain with the C on that jersey, trying to keep this team together when one of their teammates almost died on a football field in Cincinnati. So I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Josh Allen, but he didn't play well in that last game. He didn't play under control. He played a similar game to Dak Prescott because he tried to take too many deep shots when the game got out of control instead of running some sustained drives and trying to win the game that way. Oh, I deserve to get bashed pretty hard for this. Uh, Some people think I'm a fanboy for Justin Herbert. No, I just think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen live. How'd he do up 27 to nothing to Jacksonville? That was a disaster. That was one of the worst disasters of his career. I can guarantee you that Justin Herbert will never play a football game the rest of his life where he is up 27 to nothing and loses. All he had to do was pick up one first down in the fourth quarter. One, not five, one more first down, and they win that game. The clock's going to expire. They had enough of a lead, and they couldn't do it. So Justin Herbert, is he getting scrutinized? Yeah, but not as much as some of the quarterbacks because L.A. has moved on. L.A.'s not paying attention. Baker Mayfield on my list of quarterbacks being scrutinized today. Why is no one talking about him, especially in the Raider Nation? I'm not saying he should come and be the quarterback of the Raiders, but he beat the Raiders when he was trailing 16-3 to on the final drives of the game. That was a big deal. And Baker Mayfield, the former number one pick and Heisman Trophy winner, you, ha- you can't find anybody talking about him today, and he's available to be a quarterback. Everybody's talking about, hey, Derek Carr's available in Carolina, or Derek Carr's available in New Orleans, or Derek Carr's available in Indianapolis. Why not Baker Mayfield? I think at times Baker Mayfield's better than Derek, and I think that Derek's really good. Baker Mayfield, again, a Heisman Trophy winner and a number one pick, and led his team to the playoffs and won a playoff game, something that D.C. didn't do. How come more and more people aren't talking about Baker Mayfield today? So I'm going through these quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, who played two games in the postseason, reasonably well, two touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked eight times. Josh Allen was sacked eight times in two games in the playoffs. That's unacceptable at any level. So that's another quarterback, Daniel Jones. I was pretty high on after he beat the Minnesota Vikings. I'm looking at him now. Going, man, the Giants got a big decision to make. So what what I wanted to talk about here is what we do living in a bubble here in Vegas. We're talking about the past of Derek Carr, which he was under tremendous scrutiny the entire time he played for this franchise. We're talking about Tom Brady potentially coming here. He's getting a lot of scrutiny because of his age. And then I saved the best for last, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson potentially is the best quarterback available. No debate. He's young. He's fast. He's an MVP in this league. He can make every throw. And pretty much he seems to be a good leader, according to his teammates. But I think he's coming a little bit unhinged here as of late because he didn't show up with his team on the road in a playoff game against Cincinnati. And I think that's a chink in the armor. I really do. No matter if he comes to the Raiders or not, that was an immature move by him at the time not to travel with this team. If he doesn't want to play because he's not under contract, that's something. But to take a look at him, to not be there with his teammates when they're in a one-possession game and he could have helped from the sidelines, that, to me, was a bad sign for Lamar Jackson. And then Kirk Cousins, who got beat by Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins played a terrible game, but not really. He was 31-39 in that game for only 273 yards. He threw two touchdowns and no interceptions, but the last play of the game on a fourth down, he checked down, and the fans freaked out absolutely lost their mind, lost their bleeping mind because of what happened there. 
So if I look at all the postseason quarterbacks, from Josh Allen all the way to Chad Henney, how about Chad Henney? Comes in relief for Patrick Mahomes. He's 5 of 7. He goes and, and leads him on an unbelievable drive. Had a quarterback rating of 114.9. That's pretty impressive. He goes right back to the bench when Patrick Mahomes comes back in the game. Rightfully so. And I don't got a lot of negativity with Geno Smith. Geno Smith in one game in the playoffs had a 98.9 quarterback rating in the game. He was sacked three times, two touchdowns, and an interception. But Geno was outmatched because, look, the Niners are just too good. And their defense is amazing. So to put a bow on this, if you're not in the playoffs, you're going to get scrutinized. If you're in the playoffs and lose, that means you led your team to the playoffs. You did something good and you lose the game. All that anybody's going to remember is your last game. And they're going to scrutinize the hell out of you. And they're going to rip you on radio. And they're going to mock you on the debate shows. Look at the heat that Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert are all getting as we speak here today. And the quarterbacks that are left are being praised. Joe Burrow is building an early resume to be one of the all-time greats. Patrick Mahomes, I keep making the comparison to Steph Curry. Steph Curry can't do no wrong. Mahomes can't do no wrong, especially if Mahomes plays injured. My dad thinks he's a hot dog. That's the term my dad uses for a show up. He said Mahomes went down. I'm watching the game. He goes, watch this guy. Camera's going to be all over him. And it was all over him. And he loved it. He was playing to the... He was playing to the television cameras. He wanted to come back in, and his lore has grown because they won that game, and he's going to play this game injured. How about Jalen Hurts in one game against the Giants? He's incredible, has a 112.2 rating, obliterates the Giants. He's still left. And good old Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, everybody, a 109.9 rating. Brock Purdy in the postseason, 2-0, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's thrown for 546 yards and a 62.7 completion percentage. Wow, just wow. How lucky, and I mean lucky, not Brock Purdy. He's playing well. How lucky are the 49ers as we speak today in Vegas on a team that didn't have a plan? The plan was a Mr. Irrelevant seventh-round pick as a third-string quarterback. Trey, uh, Trey Lance goes down injured. They don't want Jimmy G. Jimmy G doesn't have options anywhere else. He comes back. Jimmy G plays well. He gets injured. And now Kyle Shanahan's one game away from the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant, a third-string quarterback. Hey, Vegas, don't cry to me about a quarterback. Jared Stidham is supposed to be better than Brock Purdy. Whoever they bring in better be better than Brock Purdy. It's time for the quarterback position here in Las Vegas to be elevated after Derek Carr. It's either going to be elevated with a young kid in the draft. It could be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever it is. could be a quarterback that we're not familiar with. It could be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I don't know who it could be, but it's got to be better because the quarterbacks who are left are really good, and the Raiders got to be at that level, if not higher, if they want to be in the hunt to win a championship as the Super Bowl comes to Las Vegas next year. We're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. Uh, that rant, Alex DeCastaverde, 702-222-9999. If you get into an accident, this is family. Orlando and Alex DeCastaverde will take care of you. They have a vast law firm with unbelievable clerks, interns, everyone behind the scenes. They prepare as good as any law group that I've seen, and I've dealt with a number of them over the years. 
I'm proud to be associated with the Castaverde Law Group as they do an amazing job. As we continue on a great day, I'm going to be sitting down breaking bread with Fred Bolitnikoff tonight. That means I'm going to have a great day and night right here on Raider Nation Radio. Yeah, I thought he did some good things, and you know, there's plenty to you know to learn from, you know. And um, I think that any young player who's playing, you know, his first or second game in the NFL, there's going to be a lot of things that you do uh, that you haven't experienced before. And so, I thought that he learned some things last week. He learned more things today. Um, I thought he hung in there and made some good throws as the game wore on. Um, gave us an opportunity on some things, you know, and, and ultimately we had a couple turnovers that you know against this team can really hurt you. So. You know, lots to learn from, from this game. The evaluation project, the quarterbacks for the Raiders will be our big topic of the offseason. JT, back with you. Thanks for always listening. We're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit. I have a bucket of Modelos. I'll have a Modelo tonight. I don't have a work night tonight on the radio. I'm working with the Raiders tonight. Excited to be down at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, a tweet from Jeremy Fowler. So Jeremy Fowler has been tweeting a lot about the Raiders. Uh, Dub Kleiman uh, tweeted out he covers the NFL at a high level teams around the league expect the Raiders to aggressively tweak their roster and that includes Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler getting quote their own guys while moving on from veterans NFL teams will keep an eye on tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro per Jeremy Fowler so what do you know uh, again what, what's going to happen here there's always information out here some of it reliable, others that we have to cut through and take a look at as everybody's talking Raiders now because they got a lot of draft equity in regards to picks. They got cap space, and they got some players that could be traded. I'm not saying who they are. Don't have that information. If they are traded, how do the Raiders get other guys in who could do their jobs at a higher level? Let's get out to Hardcore Raider as we wrap it up. What's happening? Hey, JT, I just want to kind of touch on three things. One is uh, the long-term plan per Dave Ziegler, uh, then uh, the quarterback position, and then free agency. So if you look at Aaron Rodgers and what he would require, uh, the amount of cap space, then there'd literally be almost no money left for anybody else unless they backload the contract. But that goes completely against what Dave Ziegler has said about uh, trying to build a team for long-term success, which is Mm -hmm. essentially, in my opinion, means building uh, the team through the draft, okay? Um, you know, if you, if you do a Brady deal, well, it depends on how much Tom Brady wants. I think Tom Brady, if he wants more than $25 million, I wouldn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as far as, like, Jared Stidham, I, like, that's an interesting one to me because we don't know what Stidham has or doesn't have, you know. I mean, the coaching staff should through, through practice, but we only seen two games. One was good, one was bad, but the offensive line did terrible the second go-around. So I'm not opposed to maybe sticking with Stidham to save money and uh, draft a quarterback. And then as far as free agency, I think absolutely we have to sign Jacobs. But if you do, if you overpay Brady or you go for the Aaron Rodgers route, you're not going to have enough money to sign Josh Jacobs. So then mm-hmm. I would sign Stidham. And then the other guys, I mean, all, all the way from, uh, let's say, Rocky Sin, Farrell, Illuminor, Billings, it really depends on how much those guys want, as well as Matt Collins. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys showed some promise at times, but at other times, it just wasn't enough. So if these guys want too much money, I can't see the Raiders signing them. We need a, at one to two offensive linemen, a D tackle, at, at least one linebacker and a cornerback. And you mm-hmm. know, if we overpay a quarterback, we're not going to be able to get that um, in free agency. So yeah, you know, I don't I'd think like they'd overpay. 
Yeah, thanks for the call. I don't think they'd overpay for Brady. You would have to pay above average market price for Lamar Jackson if you think he's the answer in a trade or the ability to get him away from the Ravens. And Aaron Rodgers is not taking any pay cut. And Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a player. Unbelievable player, and he played with Devontae in the past. Whatever the Raiders do, I know that they're going to be aware of the money. From knowing Dave Ziegler, and I don't know him super well, but from meeting him, I've had great conversations with him behind the scenes, and I think he's really responsible and wants to bring in his guys and be smart with the money. That's it. He just wants to get better players. That's why everybody should be behind Dave Ziegler and wishing him well. I know that some people are more passionate about not liking a coach or a player than a GM, but the GM is the one everybody needs to root for because the GM doesn't play. He doesn't coach. What he does is he brings in the players. And you better all be on the same page with Dave Ziegler. Look, if you don't think he's up for the challenge and that's your opinion, you could live and die with that opinion. I'm not looking to break a beer with you and sit down and break bread with you and talk about what you think of Dave Ziegler being a guy if you never met him before. I've met him. I know him. I could vouch for the type of person he is in a limited amount of time of getting to know him. But everybody should be rooting for Dave Ziegler. 99% of the Raider Nation, season ticket holders, fans that are global, should be hoping that he nails it. I mean, really hoping, putting your energy into something positive, not something negative. You're going to be negative about a player and a coach. I get it. That happens. That's part of everybody's mindset. Some people can't control it. But when it comes to the GM heading into a draft and going into an offseason, I would hope the majority of used guys, as they say in Goodfellas, used guys, would be behind Dave Ziegler and hoping he gets it right. I don't think that's a reach. I don't think we're asking too much for you to say, I hope Dave has a great offseason in free agency in the draft. Thanks to Bobby. It puts the show together every day and does an unbelievable job. Q on deck. I'll see you back here tomorrow. I'll tell you about the Raider event tonight. And we'll keep it rolling here in the offseason of the Raiders and get you ready for the championship weekend and the Super Bowl right around the corner. Have a great day, everyone.